This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 69, New Goals and How to Succeed. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Bach, and with me here today is Mark Willis. Hi. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us again. And real quickly, starting off here, just wanted to share another five-star review with you all. Um, This one came from uh, the reviewer. The person's name was Starvin48, their username. Um, So they titled their particular five-star review, Essential to Your Future! exclamation mark. So love that. Um, And in their review, they said, Mark and crew covers essential yet rarely discussed financial topics that will educate you and help you make better decisions for you and your family. I consider this mandatory financial education. Wow. Is there going to be a test? Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, Quite a glowing review from Starvin48. So thank you so much for that review. And um, again, listeners, please always be adding new uh, five-star reviews for us to be reading off on our latest episodes. There you go. Yeah. And actually, we'll uh, just go ahead and tack on our little bribe here. Right now, we're mm-hmm. we're asking for additional five-star reviews. If it's an honest review, don't send us false reviews, right? Uh, but if you want to get a, uh, a free book, The Bank on Yourself Revolution, we'd be very honored to send it to you. If you'd take a snapshot, a screenshot of the uh, five-star review or, or the review you left us on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, if you just send that to uh, hello at nyafinancialpodcast.com, we'll be happy to uh, send you a book. No charge. So straight up bribery there. Holly, what do you think? <laughs> We're not above that. All yeah, right. and they can be Kindle book or physical book. Just mm-hmm. let us know how you want to send to you. We, we are asking Pamela Yellen to uh, put that on like uh, stone tablets. If we could get her to do that, that'd be awesome too. So uh, pull out the Gutenberg press. Okay, so uh, we also have a quick announcement. Uh, for those that are interested in start- starting or even increasing their income, uh, there's an incredible uh, new channel that is just really blowing up. I've been privileged to be a part of it over the last year or so uh, to uh, add either a side hustle or a just replace your day job through e-commerce solutions like Amazon, selling on Amazon, that sort of thing, retail arbitrage, uh, private label. There's all sorts of strategies for online product selling. And uh, if, if that's your cup of tea or you'd like to learn more, um, they have a group called Amazon Legends, and uh, I'm actually going to be doing a workshop for that private closed group on uh, January 19th. Now, it's already too late to like do a ton of tax planning for next year, but um, uh, for this year, I should say, 2018 as we're wrapping it up. But um, you know, we're going to be starting January in about three or four days as of this uh, recording when it, when it drops. And so preparing for how are you going to pay for the taxes you – are due now at the start of the year. We're going to have some just mind-blowing strategies, stuff we've never shared on this podcast. And if you have an interest in that topic or that strategy, uh, do be sure to go to um, amzlegends.com. That's www.amzlegends.com. Or if you need any other help, you can go to our email, hello at nyafinancialpodcast.com. So that workshop will be done on January 19th at 10 a.m., 
So to be a part of that private webinar, be sure to go to amzlegends.com or just email us. Any other thoughts before we dive in, Holly? Yeah, so let's let's get to let's our podcast topic now. Come on. <laughs> so as we mentioned, the new year is right around the corner, at least if you're listening to this on um, the day or you know within a first or the couple days of when it drops. And some of you may be looking to make some New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions are always mm-hmm. kind of a hot topic this time of year. Um, I mean, you know, if you've been doing this for a couple years, you probably know how successful those resolutions typically are. I mean, not very, right? I'm a world-class ice skater at this point, Holly. Yeah, that was (laughs) last year. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've been there too. You know, you start out great on the first of the month, maybe go strong for a couple weeks. Maybe you're lucky if you make it to the end of January. Um, But normally by February or March, that new goal or objective is just typically long gone, right? You're like not even thinking about it anymore. Um, There are certainly a number of reasons why this could be happening or why that could be taking place that your new goals and well-intentioned um, kind of mm-hmm. plans are kind of going awry um, and not really coming to fruition. And so one of those reasons could be that your goal is too lofty. It's just not a realistic uh, goal to actually be able to, uh, for you to be able to stick to over the long run. Right. So maybe, you know, I want to spend an hour a day doing yoga. I want to spend two hours a day working out. And then I want to spend another two hours a day planning out, I don't know, something else. And it's just like, okay, well, there's only so many hours in the day and you can't realistically go at that rate for a long period of time. It's that burnout idea. Um, Maybe the goal is too time consuming. So kind of like what I just mentioned, where you're setting these lofty goals that are also going to take a lot of time in order for you to do them. Only so many hours in the day. Um, Maybe the goal is too limiting. Um, You know, for example, uh, diets, I feel like are pretty common as a New Year's resolution. And, you know, maybe uh, you're looking to cut out everything, you know, cut out all the good things Mm -hmm. in your life or all the good foods or whatever, you know, you want to cut out carbs and and sugar and this and that. And maybe that's not realistic either. Maybe you just kind of need to um, kind of pick one and start with that. I'm on a sawdust diet. Does that, is that too severe? Do you think, Colin? Sounds like it. Sound yeah. dust? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. <laughs> Back to donuts. Um, you know, maybe you're looking for, you know, just too much change too fast. Like there's something to be said for kind of incremental uh, baby steps, you know, when when looking for significant change. Um, and maybe also you haven't worked in the proper rewards. Um, I mean, we as humans, I mean, just human psychology, we um, tend to be a lot more m- motivated when we have the right incentives in place and the right rewards to kind of get us to go that extra mile. So, uh <laughs> perhaps literally, Mm. if you have an exercise (laughs) goal. Um, But yeah, so, you know, there's certainly a number of reasons why uh, New Year's resolutions kind of burn out. Maybe you, you know, some of your previous resolutions fall into some of these categories. Um, But rather than really talking about all the reasons why we don't succeed, we wanted to spend this episode discussing um, some ways that you can significantly increase your chances of creating real change this year. And it all starts with your habits. Um, and so our, ep- our episode here today is actually inspired by a book that both Mark and I have read called uh, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Um, and if this topic is of, is of interest to you, I highly recommend you read it. It's a great book. It's actually fairly engaging for what might be considered a, you know, kind of educational-esque type book. Um, otherwise, you don't have time to read it. You know, we're going to be giving you the Cliff Note version here today. Um, so you can listen to our episode. I listened to it as an audiobook, and that also made it pretty easy for me to get through it pretty quickly too. 
Um, so this book does a great job of explaining the process of how you can either break bad habits or instill new positive habits. So it, it comes at it from both sides. So it's not just about breaking habits. It's not just about starting new habits. It kind of tells you how you can do both and how a lot of times doing one does the other. Yeah. So even as you break a bad habit, sometimes that's instilling a new habit, which is kind of interesting. It's it's fascinating. Actually, yeah. Um, so yeah. really, really um, excited to share all this content with you guys today and something that we thought might come in really handy for all of us this new year. The first item that they really brought to my attention is that my brain is lazy. Okay, wait a minute. That probably, I think I've heard other people tell me that too. But <laughs> our brains are lazy. Uh, we're always looking to save calories, you know, um, coming out of, you know, just a, you know, a starvation mode. You know, if you're if you're coming out of like, uh, you know, just the the idea of, of working to save effort to get some sort of job done, uh, it does take a lot of effort to try something new. And your brain is always looking to make the the process easier. Why work on a heavy one hour roast? this evening with vegetables and whatever, if you could just eat a couple of donuts. Uh, so, uh, so by chunking sequences into an action routine, that's called an, a habit, the brain saves energy uh, by not having to think about it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And um, what I thought was really interesting when I was reading about this is that it's not so much like, you know, you say your brain is lazy, which is true in some ways, but it's it's not necessarily just out of laziness, it's necessity, right? Because our brain can only, yeah, it can only handle making so many decisions a day. And so, to kind of help us to be able to focus on the decisions we need to be making, it creates these habits and routines for all the little crap that it's like, mm -hmm. I, you know, your brain doesn't need to waste time on this. Like things like which leg you put into your pant first, you know, when you're putting on pants, like that's, believe it or not, that's a habit that your body or your brain out of necessity has decided which one it's always going to be. So, you never have to make that decision again. That no, never actually great. has to be a conscious decision. It's Saves crazy. some energy. Yeah. yeah that, cool. It allows you to focus on more intelligent things, more important things. So the three milestones of any habit are cue, routine, and reward. So uh, let's do a quick example on this. So let's say that your our bad habit is unhealthy eating. Okay. So my vodka mayonnaise snack that I have every day. Uh, just kidding. Uh, the cue would be automatically at 3 p.m. An office worker feels restless. Okay, so that's the cue. We're feeling the feeling of restless. Uh, the routine would be that that worker gets up, leaves his desk, goes to a convenience store, and buys you know a, a candy bar, and then uh, he eats it uh, while chatting with a friend. Okay, so the reward is he feels refreshed. Uh, he has the conversation with his friend, and he gets uh, to his desk to continue working. Unfortunately, the penalty is that he notices he's gaining weight uh, uh, as he does this day after day after day. So transforming the habit. Here's how to break a habit. All of this is a cycle. It's really a loop that centers around a specific craving. So, I mean, wow, we can see this all throughout nature, right? A spiral around a galaxy. You know, it's a repeating pattern around the center uh, that's pulling the gravity towards it. Okay, so if you pay attention to what you crave, the center, okay, you can begin to unhook yourself from that unhealthy habit. So the most effective way to transform a habit is really first to pay attention. So uh, to the craving at the center of whatever it is that uh, is centering that. And it can be really hard to find the center. We're still looking for the, the black hole at the center of this galaxy, right? So it's really hard to find the center of whatever habit you're experiencing. And if you get it wrong, you might not break the habit. 
So this might come through prayer, meditation, journaling. It, it, again, it comes back to setting your intention. What do you truly want? When you get up from your desk, is it to get a snack or a cigarette? Or is it to, you know, just uh, break the monotony of the afternoon? So once you figure out what your craving is, next you can begin to manipulate that uh, to the next steps in the habit. So typically when transforming a habit, the cue and the reward really shouldn't change much. Uh, it should be, it, you know, you'll still feel that urge at 3 p.m. to get up from the desk, okay? That restlessness we can't change. And, you know, you still long for a similar reward. You, you love the idea of meeting with a friend and having something uh, caloric or whatever at the middle of the day to kind of boost your energy level. So it's that center of the habit, uh, the craving that really needs to change, that you got to really insert a new routine to get to a new craving, you might say. Maybe instead of a fattening snack, you go on a walk with your friend uh, to a nearby park and get some dopamine on the walk, right? So uh, tell us the first step to, you know, making that transformation, Holly. Yeah, so kind of along the lines of what you're saying, the, the very first step is to isolate the cue. So what is the cue? So you might, you know, you know that you're you're snacking at work and you know you're gaining weight or maybe you don't even know you're snacking at work, but you just know you're gaining weight and you're like, what is causing this? Then you just have to start becoming aware, like be mindful, be aware of what you're doing. Then that's when you'll notice you're snacking at work. Well, then you'll start to notice, wait, this is happening every day at three o'clock. Um, and so, you know, some questions to ask yourself when you're trying to uh, do this is, you know, what time is it? Where are you? Who else is around? What did you just do? What emotions are you currently feeling? Um, one of these things is the is the cue. Is it the time? Is it your feeling? Is it who you're with whenever you're around that particular person? I mean, you know, look for which one of these stays the same every time you feel that particular urge of whatever your habit is, if it's, you know, snacking in our example here. Um, another example I remember from the book, um, it was sharing about a, a lady who actually struggled with nail biting. And uh, she was trying to determine what her cue was for why she would start biting her nails. And turns out that she was most commonly biting her nails when she was bored of all things. So it was that feeling of bored and restlessness that was the cue that would then make her start biting her nails when really all she needed was just some kind of physical stimulation. She didn't need to bite her nails. She just needed to feel stimulated because she was uh, bored and restless. So any type of stimulation would work and it didn't have to be the nail biting. So through identifying that cue, uh, that's what allowed her to eventually break that habit and being aware of, of what it was that was driving her to start biting her nails in the first place. Mm, good. So, so that, oh, I see. Got it. So yeah. that's the first step. And then the second step would be experimenting with your rewards. Is the craving satisfied with only the one thing that you're currently paying, you know, giving yourself? So is, is the, instead of eating a cookie, maybe you try something else like a um, cup of coffee with no sugar. Is the craving gone at that point? Well, then really uh, that was what you were craving, some sort of other uh, stimulant that didn't involve a bunch of calories. Uh, and if not, substitute something else. Maybe instead of a cookie or coffee, maybe you take a walk. It, how about now? How's the craving doing now? Mm -hmm. Keep experimenting. And that's really the, the mindset here is you're just you're biohacking, you're life hacking to see what satisfies that urge. Uh, now, what about the, the routine itself, Holly? 
Yes. So the third step here in uh, breaking a bad habit is to change the routine um, and even kind of identify a new routine. So now that you've isolated the cue and what you're really craving, so if what you're really craving at three o'clock every day sitting at the office when you get restless is a social interaction, not actually the cookie. The cookie was a byproduct of you getting up, walking through the cafeteria to find people to talk to. Right. And that's how like nuanced this can be, um, which is crazy the way that our, our minds work is that, you know, we're going and buying a cookie for the excuse of walking past people so that we can have a social interaction when really, you know, just at three o'clock, get up, go to the break room instead and find people there or, you know, you know go bother your coworker. Just kidding. Don't do that. Um, you know, but there's there's other ways you can you can, you know, take that cookie out of it. But anyways, um, so we want to make sure that we are inserting kind of that new routine uh, once we were able to figure out what we are really wanting and how we can maybe create um, a better thing to satisfy that desire than whatever the bad habit was. So choose an activity that's triggered by the old cue and still delivers the old reward. And it's important to make a note of this. Uh, Studies show that the easiest way to implement a new habit is to actually physically write a plan. So uh, write down a plan of when cue happens, I will insert routine because it provides me with this reward. Um, you know, so when three o'clock hits and I'm feeling restless, I will get up, go, you know, find a coworker in the break room for social interact, or I guess go find a coworker in the break room because it provides me with social interaction. And there's kind of like your new routine that's now completely eliminated snacks from the whole thing. And hopefully will, you know, kind of help with the unhealthy eating and unhealthy mm. snacking at work. So then the fourth step would be to have that plan and post it where you can see it. So again, try that for a week. The the words that Holly just mentioned is when I have a cue, I will execute a routine because it re- provides me with a specific reward and fill in the words cue, routine, and reward with your exact habits that you're experiencing right now. And just having that plan, uh, studies say, will seeing it, visually seeing it will be enough, honestly, to get you unhooked from the old habit and into something new. So -hmm. let's talk about some spending habits because habits and money have a lot to do with each other. And there's plenty of bad habits out there for uh, spending. So tell us Mm -hmm. a few that came to your mind and I've got a few as well, Holly. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about habits on a financial podcast? You know, where does this fit in other than the fact that it's just a great book? Um, You know, it's the fact that habits oftentimes are a lot of what is ruling our financial decision-making processes. Um, You just kind of go the path of least resistance. You let those habits reign. You don't make your brain, because if you give your option the brain to just do something automatically, it will. You're not forcing yourself to, you're, you're not forcing your brain to think and consciously make those decisions. So, um, you know, that's kind of why we're talking about this today. So we were thinking about, like you said, Mark, different spending habits and financial habits that people have. Um, so maybe what are some of those bad ones or not so great ones? Um, well, you can think of it in terms of just expensive habits in general. You know, what are some habits that you have that just kind of drain that financial, um, kind of your, your financial coffers or kind of drain the bank account? Um, you know, what comes to mind for me is, you know, alcohol consumption, you know, drinking alcohol. It's not cheap. I mean, we live in the city of Chicago, too, so it's really not mm-hmm, cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and even smoking. I mean, cigarettes aren't cheap and they're just getting more and more expensive and getting taxed at higher and higher rates. I mean, um, it's just 
I mean, it's a huge drain on your um, bank account. And even just, you know, maybe not these things specific or these things specifically, but yes, but then also the things around them. So, you know, with drinking alcohol, like going out every Friday night um, and, you know, going out and drinking, going to all the different bars, bar hopping, I mean, things like that. I mean, they're sure there are lots of fun, but um, how expensive does it end up being? Have you ever added up your receipts at the end of the night mm-hmm. um, as to what that actually ended up costing? So some of these habits of, you know, going out with friends all, you know, like that, um, how much it's truly costing us. And we're really just kind of doing it because it's habit. Well, and speaking, speaking of, you had another one on this list that I think is not, not alcohol or smoking, but still similar, maybe uh, craving. What, what was the other one? You had yeah. Here? So like retail therapy, um, even too. So I know, I mean, everyone has their, their way of coping after a long, hard day at work. Right. Um, and so for some people, maybe that is a glass of wine, which is, you know, expensive. Um, or for other people, maybe it is retail therapy. So it's going shopping and, you know, they're not, you're, and that's, we're identifying the routine and identifying the cue and identifying, you know, everything within this and doing a new routine is um, so valuable because you're not necessarily even wanting the things you're buying. You're just wanting the feeling that buying them is giving you. So maybe you can twist it to do something where it's still fulfilling the same craving, but it's not actually going out and like maxing out the credit cards. So beyond just uh, buying things like you've been sharing, that's great content, Holly. Um, there's some other just modes of spending. Let's talk about it. Uh, buying things behind your partner's back. You know, that's a bad habit, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, or buying things and then rationalizing it later, even if you're single. You know, you can rationalize, hey, yeah, I bought that Maserati. It was, you know, I just had a bad afternoon, so I went out and bought that car I couldn't afford. Uh, you can also treat spending like it's a bad thing. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, a great metaphor for spending money uh, is sort it's sort of like a fire. If it's in the right place in your home, fire is great. You know, if it's in the fireplace, not so great. If it's in the, you know, bathroom <laughs> or in the bedroom, right? So uh, making sure that you've got spending in its appropriate spot in your life. And s- straight up just ignoring bills. I'd say all those are bad habits, of course, that revolve around something else than the action you're taking. What about some good habits? Let's talk about that now. So, you know, these are maybe keystone habits that lead to the development of other good habits. You know, I think uh, Tim Ferriss is famous for saying if he can make one decision that, you know, wipes out a thousand other good decisions, then that's a great uh, uh, set of uh, skills and actions to take. You know, if you could just get rid of one decision, make one decision to make the others obsolete, you've just saved yourself a lot of brain calories. Uh, and uh, so you can start that chain effect in your life that produces a number of positive outcomes. So like a daily exercise habit. If you start with 20 to 30 minutes of exercise each day, that one habit leads to a ton of other great habits like eating healthy, avoiding junk food, uh, not sleeping in for hours and hours, becoming more efficient at work because you have that extra hour of uh, uh, workout in you. Uh, so those are just some good keystone habits. What are some others, Holly? Yeah, and that one exercise habit can form major breakthroughs in other areas of your life. So you started with a single goal that caused other ha- habits to develop, and that's really what that keystone habit is all about and is talked about um, in the in the book that we're talking about here today. Um, one example I remember that stood out to me from the book was uh, they, ha- they kind of did like a study of sorts where um, they had a group of overweight individuals, and all they – 
told them to do was just to journal about the food that they ate. So they, you know, just said, hey, we don't want you to do anything. You don't need to change anything. All we want you to do is just write down what it is that you eat. So just keep a food journal, essentially. And what ended up happening was just these people noticing the foods that they were eating and becoming more aware of what they were eating. Um, and it made them more aware of also their other habits and routines around their eating and their snacking. So um, they would actually get to the point where they noticed that they were snacking on, you know, unhealthy foods at certain times while they were at the office. And so then they would start intentionally setting out an apple on their desk so that when that craving came, they would grab the apple rather than getting up and maybe finding something else um, or something, great idea. you know, less, less healthy. So, um, you know, really a big part of breaking a habit is just awareness. Um, it's not, you know, necessarily willpower. It's not necessarily depriving yourself. It's just becoming aware of what's going on and seeing if there's a better, healthier, not just in like a physical health, but even just mental health, whatever your bad habit is, just a healthier way to fulfill that same craving. So what about some savings habits, Holly? You, you wrote a few down here. Yeah, so um, some good savings habits that maybe you could get yourself into. So we talked about some bad habits. Well, maybe what are some good habits? Um, I would say one is budgeting. You know, it's it's just a habit that maybe every, every month at the beginning of the month, you sit down and you budget. Um, and it can actually become, it can truly become a habit. And I can attest to that. Or, you know, something that you um, will, crave even in a way. I know that if um, my husband and I, when we budget, if we're like a little late, like we just don't have time to get to it on like the first or right at the end of the month. Um, and if we go like a couple days without, it, I start to feel super disconnected uh, with like what's going on. I'm like, wait, what? I don't know mm -hmm. what's happening. Yep. I'm like, I need yep. to budget. I need to budget. And it's almost like an, a, a good addiction. I don't know. Yeah. You know, if there's healthy addictions. Um, out there. So, and, and really it's, it's, you know, it's a healthy habit that's now become automatic. Um, and that's, what's great about it is, um, it's just so automatic. We don't even think about it. It's not like every month we're, Oh, I have to do right. the budget. You know, it's, it's just kind of like an automatic. Yep. Okay. It's, you know, the first of the month, let's do it. That sort of thing. So yeah, it's just, uh, makes it automatic. And that's what, that's what helps out a lot with that. Mm. And then saving 5%, uh, you know, spending 5% of what you've been able to save on something fun. I mean, still go out there and have a little fun for goodness sakes, mm -hmm. you know, budgeting itself is, is sort of like, uh, not as fun, but, uh, you know, it can become fun, but make sure to save for the fun stuff too. So, Absolutely. um, how about the process for, uh, you know, starting a new habit? You know, is it similar with financials, uh, habits as others? Yeah, so we kind of spent the first part or kind of the last however long talking about breaking bad habits, but um, there's also a process for starting new ones. So you say, hey, I don't necessarily have a bad habit I'm fighting against. I just need to instill new habits. Um, and it's really kind of the same process, a very similar process. It all starts with a cue, a routine, and a reward. Um, but you know, rather than ident identifying a current cue and routine, you're going to be implementing a new one. Um, so just like with breaking a habit, it, write out your plan, you know, write out what you want that habit to be. Um, when blank, you know, so when the first of the month comes around, I will budget because it provides me with a greater awareness and understanding of my financial situation, you know? Love that. Um, and so you could just like post that, just post it like when first of the month, I will budget, you know, blah, 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 and become up, come up with the reason for you. So, you know, what's your New Year's 
resolution? What did you come up with for your for yourself? Um, do you want to start exercising? Great. Um, but you're going to have to come up with a routine and a reward to make sure it becomes a habit and you actually stick to it. Otherwise, it's just, it's again, there's something you're going to burn out if you don't actually make it a habit and make it something that your brain's going to start telling you to do when that cue arises automatically. Otherwise, it's always going to be a conscious decision. And eventually, you'll stop making that conscious decision at some point. Um, So if you're going to try to work out uh, before work in the morning, maybe your plan would be, you know, when seven o'clock hits, I will go to the gym to work out because it provides me with, you know, insert reward. And maybe make that routine as just brain dead simple as possible. So like go to sleep the night before with your gym clothes on. Um, (laughs) Tell yourself, yeah, tell yourself that even if you don't go to the gym, you will at least walk out the door with your shoes on. And then you can decide to go back to bed if you absolutely must. But making that routine just as like low bar as possible, especially early in the morning Mm -hmm. for myself anyway. Yeah. And one thing I would say is important, though, is, you know, don't be too vague about the reward, um, you know, such as because it will give me a good feeling or, you know, it'll make me feel good or because I should or because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> like that really honestly is not going to be enough. Um, make it something that will truly ma- uh, motivate you. Um, maybe it needs to be a physical treat, like an actual snack. Um, maybe you need to reward yourself with so- social interaction at the gym, too. Um, it can really be anything as long as it will fulfill that craving um, or and help you develop a new craving for whatever it is that you're trying to implement. Um, so kind of the same process for, you know, really instilling a new habit. It's very similar to breaking an old one because when you're breaking an old one, you're kind of overriding it, right? You're like taking bad thing, you're inserting new good thing. Um, so it's really kind of a similar process. And Again, for more information on this topic, read uh, The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg, uh, whether, you know, financial, physical, social, or spiritual goals. Uh, we hope that this episode here today will help you go about your New Year's resolutions in a way that will truly create lasting change in your life. Here's so, to the new year. Yeah, that's our hope for you guys. So we hope you found it valuable. Um, and thank you again for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.